happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Drax Sportscast, and I am your host, Drake McRae, aka Drax One Million. Today, in the football world, we have what is called the NFL Combine going on, which is arguably the most useless, most hyped part of the NFL offseason. The NFL Combine is where obviously a bunch of rookies come together and do a bunch of testing drills to see, you know, what their physical attributes are and what they're capable of physically. But as time goes on, as we've seen over the years, top prospects no longer go to this. Um, and it's really been exasperated in scope to what it can actually show. You know, it's more of entertainment nowadays on the NFL network to uh, sell subscribers at points in the offseason. It's helpful for mid to late round draft picks, obviously, um, to bump their stock with good showings. But for the most part, first, second, third round players, it doesn't really affect them too badly. And if anything, it affects them negatively. If DK Metcalf hadn't gone last year to the NFL Combine, he probably would have been a top 10 pick. And instead, he was a back of the second round guy. So that's... Um, People are starting to realize that there's more risk than there is reward, and I think that's why you're seeing less people go to the Combine, why it's becoming less popular over time. And that's really showing with coaches and scouts as well. Bill Belichick even did, he didn't even go to the Combine this year. You know what he did? He went to some school that nobody knows to scout some guy that nobody knows in the pouring rain during a private workout because he thought doing that was more beneficial to his football team than to actually go scout at the NFL Combine. And mind you, you know, there's film, he has scouts there and all of that, but to willingly say, eh, you know, I'm gonna go see this random guy out in the pouring rain rather than actually get like a good view in person of all of the prospects in the draft are it shows how coveted right now uh the nfl combine is how useful it is people are no longer seeing it as a very useful tool and really like if you look at some of the top combine athletes over the past 10 years like outside of saquon barkley really has anybody do you remember anybody who tested really well who does really well it's not a very memorable thing so personally, I don't pay much attention to it. I don't know a lot of what goes on. Apparently there's a guy named Isaiah Simmons who's like really built guy, hybrid defensive player, ran like a 4-3-9 and I haven't even seen that, you know? But I'm not very intricate on the draft personally. I'm not really that hyped for it. I kind of figure out everything once I know where the players are at. I kind of let, I let the NFL scouts do the NFL scouting and then I make my interpretations on the NFL when they're in the NFL, you know? I'm far more interested in trades and the free agency period and post-draft period and I also like dynasty fantasy football and that's um, that doesn't really matter for rookies until after the draft once you know where they go so I don't pay much attention to the whole rookie scouting process. Um, so I'm not really going to talk about the combine. I'm going to talk about the upcoming free agency period because I think that's really where it's at. Mind you, there are some interesting draft stories we could go over. Um, I might talk about, you know, the Redskins, some Tua stuff. But to start, I'm primarily going to focus on free agency and some rumors going on and just some other stories that are kind of 
floating around here. One of the big news stories out right now is that the Bears are expected to add a veteran quarterback to sit behind Mitchell Trubisky this year. And I think that's very, um, I think it's the right move by the Bears. And I think it's a, an interesting move because I actually didn't expect them to go get another quarterback. I was hoping they would go and I thought if Cam Newton was on the market that they might go get him because Cam Newton I think is a, a better version of Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but it doesn't sound like they're giving up on Mitch. It sounds like they're they're not quite ready to throw in the towel on admitting that they messed up passing on the two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But instead, they're going to look at some of the veterans on the market and they're going to see who's out there and kind of pull like a, a Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill situation where if Trubisky is not improving and he's not performing. They can put in a veteran to hopefully carry their team into the playoffs. The big names going around right now are Case Keenum, Andy Dalton, and uh, Marcus Mariota. I think Andy Dalton would be a really, really good, good get, if you will. Um, he's going to be on the market. He has to be on the market, right? They're going to go draft Joe Burrow. They need another quarterback. They know they need another quarterback. They already benched Dalton last year. They know he's not the future. So I can imagine the Bears will trade a pick for Andy Dalton. I think that's really good. I think of those three quarterbacks, he's the best quarterback. I think he's an underrated quarterback through his career. I view him a lot like uh, he is really good at not exceptional things, like just being a good quarterback the best possible game manager that's what he is he reminds me of matt hasselbeck when i used to watch him growing up so it says a lot about how the bears view trubisky and how they also view themselves i think it's kind of an ego push that they aren't going for a more coveted quarterback like a real starter they're not willing to admit that trubisky failed and that the trubisky pick was a bad pick they aren't willing to move on that rapidly but they want a backup plan just in case they need to try to salvage their season because trubisky isn't performing which will likely happen you know another story coming out is that uh the Bengals are going to use their free agent their free agent apologies their franchise tag on receiver aj green I have to imagine that the reason they're doing this is to trade him and to someone who wants him on a long-term deal because if you just let him walk, then you're not getting anything for him, right? He's just walking away. But if you tag him and then trade him to somebody, you can get a draft pick out of it. And he's coveted enough. He's a big enough name that I think that somebody will send them an offer. Even if it's a small offer, at least you're getting value for him. Um, the issue is if you can't get good value for him and you hold on to him and this is going into the free agency period they're missing out on 18 and a half million dollars um i'm not sure how franchise tags work in terms of salary cap going into free agency i don't know if they count towards the cap until the player signs the franchise tag but it does mean he can't go get other offers it means it's the only offer on the table for him and somebody has to trade for him um they could hold on to him i don't think they should i think they should trade him i think they should accept the rebuild i think they should accept the rebuild but maybe they want him around for a year to help out joe burrow you know 
After everything he's done for that organization, though, I think it would be incredibly, incredibly rude to not let this guy go get his money and go find a place he could potentially get a ring. It's holding a guy hostage who's given you everything in his career, his whole career, in a really bad place to have your whole career be just like Andy Dalton. Let your veterans move on. Let them go get rings, you know? So I hope they're willing to trade AJ Green. I hope he goes somewhere he likes. He's an incredible wide receiver when he's healthy and he deserves an opportunity to go get a ring. And if he doesn't even get that opportunity because of the Bengals organization, oh boy, does that ever look bad for the Bengals? Let me tell you, people aren't gonna wanna go there. Rookies aren't gonna re-sign there. They're just gonna hit free agency and go wherever they can. They're gonna jump ship. Not a good look for Joe Burrow, your franchise quarterback, when they say we're holding you hostage for the entirety of your career with a franchise tag. Very sad stuff. I don't like I don't like the move on a personal level, but I think it makes sense for the Bengals organization because I don't think it impacts their cap space. I don't think it does. Otherwise, that move wouldn't make sense. Um, so another franchise tag move, the Jaguars franchise tagged. Uh, so bad at pronouncing his name. I believe it's Yannick Ngaku. Um, Yannick Ngaku is an incredibly talented defensive end in the NFL, and it looks like the Jaguars are going to franchise tag him. But then he tweeted, he tweeted, the Jaguars are aware. I no longer have interest in signing a long-term contract in Jacksonville. Duval, I love you and gave you guys everything I got. I'm thankful for the journey and look forward to continuing my career elsewhere. And that ain't the first time we've heard people pretty upset about the Jaguars organization and wanting out, including, you know, perhaps a very coveted cornerback that we all know of. Maybe somebody, you know, last name rhymes with um, Lamsey, first name rhymes with Raylan. So I think that says a lot about the Jaguars organization as a whole. They are falling apart quickly. Their uh, incompetencies are showing. And man, if I never liked the franchise tag. I still don't like the franchise tag. If you want a guy, go sign him. Go sign him. If you aren't sure about a guy, let him walk and go to somebody who, you know, can give him his value. Holding onto that franchise tag and using it can destroy careers. And it's a business thing. I get it. I just. I don't like it conceptually. It feels wrong to me every time I see a franchise tag out there. And it can it can assure a guy that, okay, you're gonna get a t like top tier dollars in order to play for our team. You're gonna get your money, but at least for a year. And it lets them try to get a long-term deal worked out, but it still doesn't feel right. It feels rude. It feels very rude to do to somebody. It feels very wrong to do to somebody. So moving on here, there was another story that came out about the Cowboys, because there's always stories about the Cowboys, America's team, right? It's actually insane to me that the Cowboys are such a huge brand. I just don't see them in that light, but I guess what happened in the 90s, what with their three Super Bowls, that was the 90s, I think. Obviously that built the brand into something that I personally don't understand. I don't get why they're so huge, but anyways, Jerry Jones has, uh, has stated that he would uh, consider 
bringing back Des Bryant to the Cowboys. Now, I don't actually think that the Cowboys are interested in Des Bryant, right? Unless it's an emergency. What this actually tells me personally is that they aren't so sure that they can get Amari Cooper back, right? I believe that's them telling their fans, hey, look at this incredible receiver we used to have. He's gonna come back and we're gonna have a number one wide receiver just to kind of cover up the fact that they don't think that they can pay Amari Cooper what he's gonna want. It tells me that my guess that Amari Cooper is going to walk from the Cowboys is probably coming to fruition. And will they sign him if they don't get Amari Cooper? Yeah, probably as a PR move more than anything. Can Des Bryant play? Uh, he's had a pretty severe injury um, recently in the last two years, and he hasn't played over those two years any football. I think it'd be like signing Terrell Owens right now, except Terrell Owens has been out a, long, a lot longer, but we don't know if he can play football. And I don't think he can. I'm not putting my money on it. First, oh, sorry. I just ate breakfast. It's like a, like I got a lump in my throat. No, it's like, it's just not a smart move to me. It doesn't make any sense. You'll pay him too much money to come fill a PR role. But I mean, I guess if you're gonna let Amari Cooper, who is a top five wide receiver in terms of talent in the NFL walk, you better get a name in there. People are gonna know and associate with your brand to make up for it. Um, it that being said, they better go re-sign Amari Cooper. If they're even remotely intelligent, they'll re-sign Amari Cooper because he showed when he first went into that organization that he is the difference maker on that offense. Moving on to probably the most interesting story of the offseason. Not even a probably, it is. It is, we all know it is, because we're talking about the GOAT, right? It's Tom Brady. We're talking about Tom Brady leaving New England. Now, what are the odds that he leaves New England? I said in the last podcast, I was like, I don't, I don't think Tom Brady leaves New England. But... I had a podcast beforehand that I did with a friend where I was actually pretty sure Tom Brady was going to leave. That shifted, but now it's shifting back to where I was before because a report came out this week that Tom Brady is very open to a home in free agency and that insiders are almost certain he's not going to return to the Patriots. Why that's the case, I don't know. There must be something with Bill Belichick, because um, Robert Kraft wants him. He wants him so bad, but he's willing to defer to Bill Belichick this time, because he already... Robert Kraft screwed Bill Belichick on the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Bill Belichick loved Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Tom Brady, I don't think him and Bill Belichick get along anymore. I think he's going to move on. So where's he going to go? Well, the three obvious teams that we've all been talking about, that every analyst has been talking about, that actually met with him at the Combine are the Raiders. Pardon me, it. who was it? It was the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Colts. That's what everyone's been talking about. So I'm gonna go over the first two and then I'm gonna go over the one that I think he will actually go to. And then I'm gonna go over a fourth one because there's an analyst I absolutely love and respect who 
says that he thinks he's gonna go to a different team and it's a crazy one. It's pretty crazy, but his arguments are so clear that I think it's worth talking about. The first team would be the Raiders because I think they're the leak light, least likely to get him. I think the Raiders are the least likely team to sign Tom Brady of the four. And the reason for that is that they don't have the offensive weapons and frankly it would be really bad for tb12 as a brand the raiders aren't i mean they aren't brady you know i don't really know how to put it they're rebellious and they're out there i mean it's las vegas it's sin city It'd be a cool heel turn. It'd be the most chaotic option. I mean, can you imagine Brady in a Raiders uniform? I can't, but that would specifically make it kind of interesting. He'd kind of become the bad boy at the end of his career and see if he can do anything with that. And I think he'd get along really well with John Gruden, but let's be honest, unless they go sign some real receiving options, then it's not gonna happen. Here's another interesting thing is that Tom Brady has been in contact all season and all off season with Antonio Brown. And there's rumors that once Antonio Brown gets reinstated or signs with somebody and gets reinstated, I don't know what comes first, that he, Tom Brady is gonna ask him to come to my team. He's gonna try to kind of build a super team LeBron style, right? He's gonna market himself and say, come to my team. We're going after rings, all that. And Antonio Brown's on that table. He probably ain't going back to the Raiders, dog. Like, if Brady wants that number one weapon, one of the best receivers ever to play football, like, you know, you don't want to go to the Raiders because uh, he kind of burned that bridge. He kind of burned it a little bit. Um, so I'd, I don't think the Raiders are going to happen. I think there's too many holes in the roster. I don't think the brand fits. I don't think he's going to get the players he wants to go there. So I'm not, I wouldn't put a bet on the Raiders. I wouldn't come close. The Colts, I think are possible. I think there's a real possibility there. The Colts are a good brand for him. It's a good look. He could look good in a Colts uniform. There's history there. It would be an interesting turn to kind of, it reminds me of Kobe LeBron, right? Kobe walked away. LeBron goes to the Lakers. Well, Peyton Manning leaves, and then several years later, Tom Brady goes. That Something about that's kind of a good story. It makes sense to me in that regard. I never thought of it that way. I used to kind of criticize the idea of him going where Peyton Manning is, but on that context, it does kind of make sense to me. It does sound kind of cool. I do like it. They have a the best offensive line in football it's not close to me it's between them and the cowboys but it's not close to me it's the colts and the colts are good especially their defense and o-line and that's really all you need right give tom brady enough time give the receivers enough time they'll find somebody they have a ton of cap space they can go get really good players to help him out i think it's a really really possible option i think it'd be a good fit for tom brady i'm about it i'd be about it i'd watch the colts it'd be really interesting i think he makes them an immediate contender i still think the most likely place though is with the chargers this was my original guess before i kind of leaned back to the patriots based on how reports were going but now with the most recent reports i'm gonna go back and say i was a charger guy the whole time but cole did if he sides with the chargers yada 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 the whole patriot thing never happened you know um 
The Chargers make perfect sense to me. He's a California kid. It's Los Angeles where he can, he can establish a career potentially as an actor. He's a pretty boy, potentially just doing what LeBron does and being an LA big celebrity guy. So it makes sense for him in the long term, especially for his brand to be in Los Angeles. He, I think I already said he was a California kid, but he grew up in California. Like, why wouldn't he want to go there? That's where he's from. It's where he loves to be, I'm assuming. That's where a lot of his family is, I'm assuming. So it makes sense to go to California, right? And the Chargers will pay him big bucks. They need him even more than he needs them. They need him to fill that stadium, to make them a legitimate brand in that market. The same way bringing in LeBron helped the Lakers to reestablish their brand, even though it was all, always there, but he made them legitimate again as a f basketball club, as a basketball club. And so to counteract that, the Clippers bring in Kawhi Leonard and a whole bunch of stars. Now the Clippers are legitimate in that market. That market can support two sports teams if they have the names there. Tom Brady changes the landscape of the Los Angeles football market. It makes them legitimate and they can fill out a brand new stadium. They're gonna go big on Tom Brady. I would not be surprised to see him set the market going to the Chargers. Two years, 38 to $40 million a year, just so that they can make money and establish their brand long-term so they don't have to boot their butts back to San Diego. He would change that franchise. So of course they're gonna pay him. And then of course they actually have weapons, right? I think they'll re-sign Hunter Henry, but even if they don't, they can go out and get a good tight end. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are absolute studs. That defense is great. The offensive line is so-so, but it's good. It's good enough. It defended Phillip Rivers a lot better than you'd think last year, you know? He, didn't, he had a lower uh, sack rate last year than the year before. So it makes perfect sense to me. He's gonna get protected. He's gonna have weapons. Austin Eckler incredible incredible justin jackson's a great backup running back too i think it makes a ton of sense for him now on to the fourth team because the two analysts i listen to are pat mcafee because he's comedic and colin coward because he's intelligent and he's honest and he's pretty much the only guy who respects my boy russell wilson colin coward suggested that the Cowboys are the perfect destination, or at least make a lot of sense. And he has a great argument for it. Jerry Jones likes to make big moves. It makes them a much more immediate contender to some sense, and it makes their brand bigger. Jerry Jones is about money. I don't care what anyone says. He likes money. He likes money more than he likes championships. He has three Super Bowls. He has the biggest brand in the world. He just wants money. Brady makes sense for him. Cowboys, brand, TB12. If you're not gonna play for the Patriots who are just a massive organization, go play for the even bigger organization. Perfect. They'll go, have them go re-sign Amari Cooper, have them go pay up. You have Zeke, you have an incredible defensive line, you have a great defense. They have the roster, they have everything. But whether or not they want to pay Dak Prescott is the question. But you have Mike McCarthy now, who's been great with great quarterbacks. We don't know who Dak is with Mike McCarthy. There's so many unknowns. I think it makes sense, but I think Dak's the future. I think you have to go with the guy who threw for 5,000 yards, who has been a stud, who's been a very good quarterback 
and who is young and who you can have long-term success with potentially. So I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm hoping that Jerry Jones is smarter than that just from an NFL analyst standpoint, somebody who likes to see smart decisions in football and doesn't like to see dumb decisions. And I think that's a dumb decision. But if it happens, I think that would be bloody exciting. I think that would be so cool. Um, so between those four teams, I would rank it Chargers, Colts, Raiders, then the Cowboys. They're still my fourth team on that list. I just think they'd be one of the most exciting ones as well. So that's kind of all the stories I got going on right now that I have in front of me. Um, another thing I'll discuss that I kind of saw floating around was whether or not the Washington Redskins should consider drafting Tua. I actually don't know the NFL draft order very well, I'm not gonna lie, because again, I don't pay enough attention to it. The Washington Redskins are the number two pick. So if you go back to my podcast last week, I discussed why Justin Herbert's my number one quarterback, right? Two is my number two, Burrow is my number three. And Burrow is more than likely going to go number one to the Cincinnati Bengals. So that leaves Tua and Herbert. So. Let me say why I think Justin Herbert should go to the Redskins. One has to be the Dwayne Haskins issue. They should draft one of the two quarterbacks, Tua or Herbert. Dwayne Haskins struggled last year. Reports come out that he's so bad at studying the playbook. <laughs> it's so messed up. They thought he was dyslexic. And like being dyslexic is not the worst thing in the world, you know? Um, I have like a minor dyslexia where I read words the wrong way and I see letters that aren't there in words and then get words wrong, right? That's a very minor form of it. They thought he was severely dyslexic. And just to say that and have that come out publicly, like sitting in an office behind the back of your quarterback rookie and saying, bro, is he, dys is he dyslexic? What the heck? Like, why is, he, why is he so bad at this? Is he dyslexic or dumb? Like, that's bad. That means he was really, really bad. Um, at least behind the scenes. And I think the precedent was set by the Arizona Cardinals with Josh Rosen, right? If it's not gonna work, move on. Don't put your franchise in a hole at the most important position because you feel committed over where you drafted him. Bears. <coughs> but... A great example of this also precedent-wise on the importance of picking the best quarterback for your team is the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. That offseason, sometimes people forget they paid a fatty contract to Matt Flynn. To Matt Flynn, he was the guy. I mean, there are people I know who still have Matt Flynn jerseys because he was such a big deal when he was signed because it was such a big contract. And Pete Carroll comes in and he's like, that third round rookie is the best guy we got. I don't care how much he's worth. I don't care what his value is. What I care about is winning football games. And he gives us the best chance. I think Tua and Justin Herbert, no matter who you pick, give you a better chance than Dwayne Haskins. Cardinals were right to trade away Josh Rosen and take Kyler Murray. It was the right move. And they have the better quarterback for it. Kyler Murray's all kinds of special, man. He's a great quarterback. He's gonna be my favorite guy in fantasy next year, but when it hits fantasy season, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about my sleepers and whatnot. Uh, Murray's up there. Keep your eyes out, Dynasty boys. Um, 
So the question becomes Tua or Herbert? Here's the deal. Ron Rivera is the head coach. Ron Rivera went to a Super Bowl with Cam Newton and made him an MVP. And the only reason they lost is, in my opinion, because Cam couldn't handle the moment. I blame Cam for that, not Ron. Cam couldn't pick apart that defense. He dropped, he dropped the ball. I mean, literally, he dropped the ball at one point and did not dive on it, and it cost his team. Justin Herbert isn't that man. He is calm, collected, poised, intelligent, professional. And he is the exact same type of player as Cam Newton. Large, athletic, strong arm, better arm than Cam Newton. Struggles a little bit with accuracy like Cam Newton, but is still, in my opinion, a better thrower than Cam Newton. He's not quite as fast as Cam Newton, but it doesn't matter. He's athletic. He can make moves. He can get that first down on third and 10 by running the football, and that's what counts. Ron Rivera had success with a guy who is a worse version, in my opinion, of Justin Herbert. At least prospectively. So, why not just go for what was working somewhere else? It makes sense to me. But, two was a good fit there too. He's accurate. You have a guy like Terry McLaurin who's a bonafide star already. He's already a star, and if you disagree, go watch some freaking film, man. That guy was a burner. He was a route runner. He's incredible. You give him a good quarterback, again, you know, fancy football, deep sleeper, Terry McLaurin, go get him. He's going to be a top 12 wide receiver. But there's something to be said about the right fit for a quarterback as well. If you look at the teams in the top 10, you ask yourself, okay, if I'm gonna pick a quarterback, who should I pick? I think it matters the type of coach you have, the type of roster you have, the type of system you run, obviously. The first two teams, the Bengals, the Redskins, I would want them to pick Justin Herbert. I think he's the kind of guy that can carry your team, that can fill out your team. I think he's a fit for the Bengals because he has a dump off guy in Joe Mixon, who's a great pass catching back, and he has deep options like Tyler Boyd and John Ross. I think the Redskins are very similar. You have a dump off guy in Chris Thompson. Darius Geis, when he's healthy, is good. Adrian Peterson's gonna come back a year. So you have that running back established. You have a guy like Terry McLaurin. They can go get a burner to match the strong arm of Herbert. You have Ron Rivera. It's a system that works with a guy like Herbert. But then you go to the Detroit Lions and you ask yourself, who should they take? I think they should take Tua. They have route running possession receivers. They have a guy like TJ Hawkinson who can beat you in the seam. You just need an accurate guy who can hit your weapons and your weapons can make big plays after that. That's who the Lions are. I think the Lions would be better off with Tua. And Tua can sit behind Stafford if they don't get rid of him. And that's, that's a smart move for me. So I think the Lions would be better off with Tua. Doesn't mean I don't think Herbert's a better quarterback for the NFL, but I think Tua would be the right fit in that system. So there you go. Like maybe Tua is a little bit above Herbert depending on who who's picking. Look at the Dolphins. Look at the Miami Dolphins. Pick Tua. 
Have him sit behind Fitzpatrick. Have him... Something about Tua in a Dolphins uniform feels right. Anyone else got that? Anyone else feel that? Like, it's really weird. I could see Tua in a Dolphins uniform. I love it. I love the idea. I think he fits there. I think he fits the brand. Make the whole... Is Tua from Hawaii? I think he's from Hawaii. Hold on, let me ask Google. I'm super sure of that, actually. Hey, hey Google. Is Tua from Hawaii? Here is information from Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's from Hawaii. Uh, Tonga Vailoa, the last name is very Hawaiian, and I just was pretty sure I knew that. Um, so put the Hawaii kid in Miami. It makes sense. He belongs somewhere where the weather is warm. He's played in Alabama. He grew up in Hawaii. Why would you not put him in Miami? And there's something about the colors, man. Like, I think he'd look great. I think it'd be great for him. I think he should go to the Dolphins. I would love to see him there. But people are saying that the Redskins should draft uh, Tua. Sorry, losing train of thought here. If you go to the Panthers, Panthers have DJ Moore, they have Curtis Samuel, they need a tight end, but they have CMC. Who would be great there? Who would be great there? Honestly, probably Joe Burrow uh, would be my favorite fit there. But again, that's like a Joe Burrow to a, to a guy, right? Like you have dump off passes and then you let those guy make, guys make plays. You don't have to be the playmaker on that team. You have to be the accurate thrower on that team. Justin Herbert is not the best fit for that team. He's a better fit for the Bengals, a better fit for the Redskins. And looking at these top 10 teams, um, he's probably a better fit for the Chargers. So it depends who's drafting. I think in in my perfect world, the draft order would go uh, in terms of the three quarterbacks. Justin Herbert would go to the Bengals. Joe Burrow would go to the Redskins. And then the Dolphins would take Tua. The Detroit Lions would trade down and New York. If the New York Giants are smart, they'll go get Chase Young. That defense needs it. That could be a total game changer for that team. But other than that, like it, it's gonna get dicey in the top, at the, at the top there. It's gonna get really weird, really dicey. The three quarterbacks are really good and there's other good quarterbacks, right? Like there's Jalen Hurts and there's Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love's more of a scrambling type. Jalen Hurts is more of a scrambling type. Jalen Hurts, I mean, I could see like, let's see, the Bengals, the Redskins, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Chargers, you could see five quarterbacks go in the top five this year. You really could. You might see a guy trade back and try to get a quarterback a little later, but you really could see five top 10 quarterbacks. So, I mean, her, goes Herbert, Burrow, two of the Dolphins. I mean, throw, I guess I would say, yeah, I don't really know. Throw Jalen Hurts on the freaking Lions and throw Jordan Love on the Chargers. Jordan Love could be a steal in my opinion. I don't think Hurts is all that incredible. Jordan Love's definitely number uh, number four for me. But in the end, it's I don't think it's a huge difference. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. Um, after the top three, it anything could happen. Anything could happen. So real quick here, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if anything else is going on in the NFL world that I can maybe get a hold of to talk about. Um, here's something, here's a question. Should the Packers trade for OBJ? Duh. 
<laughs> Friggin' duck. Give Aaron Rodgers a real, real wide receiver. I mean, he has Devontae Adams, but give him a real number two? Oh, oh my gosh. How nasty would that be, huh? Um, but there's a lot of teams that could use OBJ. And honestly, I think OBJ should stick with the Browns. I really do. I think that team still has incredible potential and they have a real coach this time who can discipline them i don't know why you would try changing it up that dramatically like if you're obj you still got so many years ahead of you just take a year see if you can get it together you have more chemistry with baker mayfield you have jarvis landry your homie like you love jarvis landry why leave him let's go like stick with the landry um here's something oh my gosh this is i knew i was looking for something man and I'm just scrolling through ESPN trying to find that story. I was like, there's something else I'm missing. I was hearing people talk about it. Tony Romo signs at $17 million annually to go commentate for CBS Sports. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's incredible. $17 million annually. That dude is getting paid as a starting quarterback to go be an analyst. Here's the thing though. Tony Romo's changing the game. Tony Romo is changing the analysis game. That man can legitimately look at any play and tell you what it is before the snap. He knows where the football's going. When people, when coaches, when players make mistakes where something happens, he can explain, well, here is the thought process. I still cannot get out of my head. Watching a game with my dad, or no, I was, I went to the game, it was the Saints versus the Seahawks, and a play made, made no sense to me. It made absolutely no sense. They went for it when they didn't need to on fourth down early in the game when they were on their own side of the field and just shucked it down the field on like a, a vertical. It made no sense. I was like, what are you doing? Nobody knew what they were doing, right? And Tony Romo, I saw him go over it later on YouTube and he says, okay, Russell Wilson drops back and he looks specifically for this spot on the field to, he has a read, right? And the read is before the play because they motioned a guy over on defense with their motion guy. And Tony Romo says, oh, look, he's going over with him. They're gonna have to hit the vertical. And that's what they did. I was like, oh, he knew it. He, know, he knew what the read was, which they had the one-on-one -on -one because of the read. It was actually a pretty smart play. I just think the timing for it was poor. I think early in the game on your own side of the field, you punt it on fourth down, unless you're watching me play Madden, I'm very emotional. Then that's not gonna happen. Um, but hey, we're talking real football, this ain't Madden. Um, so he really is the best analyst. It's not close. So I'm not surprised he got paid that much. That does open up the Monday night football slot. Um, Pat McAfee made a joke about it, but I think he's pretty darn serious. I think Pat McAfee is the best option. You've had a lot of guys on Monday Night Football who've been very, 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 very bad. Booger. And so, God, what a bad name. Um, Tony Romo is going to do wonders for CBS. I cannot wait to watch those football games and listen to him. And I think ESPN would be best suited going for Pat McAfee, who is established. He has a fan base he's a great commentator it shows in the xfl so i'm a fan i like the idea i'm about it good stuff man good for tony romo he earned it he really did um so oh my muhammad sanu's getting ankle surgery sorry pats fans so pretty much uh, that's it that's it that's all i got there's a lot of interesting stuff going on if you listened i appreciate you 
it's Monday. We'll be back Thursday. Hopefully I can get a co-host to kind of chill with me and talk a little more, but I'm glad I was able to talk for this long just by myself. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Check out my stream on Facebook Gaming, Drax 1 Million. We're on TikTok. We are on YouTube. We are on Facebook. We got podcasts. I got an incredible thing coming out. You know what? If you're listening to this right now, let me just give you an update because you'll be the first to know. We have an incredible project going on here where my boy Faced Hat Joe, aka Sky Kellogg, and I have created a Drax 1 million mixtape. It is a beat tape of his music and a song that we worked on. I make music in my free time. He makes music. So we decided let's get music that I can own the rights to for my streams. That is the beat you're hearing in the background right now. It is going to be on that mix and it will probably come out either today or tomorrow, depending on when it goes through DistroKid. There will be more volumes in the future. So if you're listening to this and you make music, I would love to help promote you and give me music to listen to and promote on my live stream. And I can give you the profits for the song through DistroKid, I don't care. We can work something out. All I want is to promote you and have music that I can listen to and that I can say, you know what, I helped this. Maybe we can get together and make a song, I don't know, man. If you wanna send me music, get in contact with me. Again, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, um, wherever, send me a message. Let's get some songs on the Drax Music Mix Volume 2 for you. All right, that's it from me, guys. This has been the Drax Sportscast. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you all on Thursday. Drax out.